difference. Radio 786. Welcome back to Community Pulse on Radio 786 on 100.4 FM. It's gone after 11 o'clock. It's time for today's edition of Vikrullah. If you've been keeping an eye on our WhatsApp status, you would know that we've got an interesting discussion. We'll bring you part one of our discussion titled, Is Celebrating Mawlud Bid'ah? Now you are more than welcome to join our conversation via WhatsApp on 0786101112. I have in studio with me for part one of our discussion, Sheikh Imran Mulaji, who is a teacher for the Tayyiba Institute based in Lansdowne at number 55 Flamingo Crescent. He memorized the Quran in Cape Town at the at Dar Ubay in 2005 and graduated from the Islamic University of Medina uh, from the Faculty of Sharia in 2016. Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh Imran. How are you doing this morning? I'm well, alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. Wonderful to have you here. We also have Sheikh Yasin Adam, who is a teacher for the Tayyiba Institute. He graduated from the Qasim ul Ulum in 2012 and graduated from the Islamic University of Medina from the Faculty of Hadith in 2018. Assalamu alaikum, Sheikh Yasin. Wa alaikum salam wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuh. How are you doing this morning? Alhamdulillah. Alhamdulillah. It's wonderful to have you both in studio with me for this discussion. Now, the month of Rabbil Awal is very slowly coming to a close. And we all know that, um, and we're all familiar with the idea, with the notion, and with the practice that the Prophet Muhammad, peace be upon him, is deeply revered in Islamic tradition. Every time his name is mentioned, and every time we offer our prayers, they seek, uh, we seek blessings for him. Now, we're not. I'm not going to spend too much time on an introduction. We've spoken about uh, Maulud, and we've spoken about the reverence of the Prophet sallallahu alaihi wasallam in many different, on many different occasions, on community polls. I'm going to get straight into asking. Uh, both Sheikh Yasin as well as Sheikh Imran to start off our discussion on firstly we need to lay the foundation for our discussion so we need to understand what exactly is Bid'ah okay. Shukran, Jazakallah Khair for having us first and foremost and for giving us the opportunity to present our you know, our stance and our view I think it's very important because many times there's a misconception that people who don't celebrate Mawlid or Mawlud uh, don't love the Prophet Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam and this is why you know and this is this inshallah will we'll, we'll clarify this misconception um, so first and foremost, Allah Azza wa Jal, He says, Ya waladina amanu, ati'u Allah wa ati'u rasoola wa ulil amri minkum. Fa'in tanaza'atum fi shay' farudduhu ila Allah wa rasooli in kuntum tu'minuna billahi wa liyumil akhir. Allah Azza wa Jal has instructed us in, in ayat of the Quran to obey Allah and obey the Messenger and to obey those who are in authority amongst you, referring to the rulers and also to the scholars. But then Allah Azza wa Jal makes a very important point and He says, that whenever you differ on any matter, when there's a difference of opinion, then you should refer that matter to the Quran and the Sunnah. If you truly believe in Allah in the last day, mm-hmm. and this is what, this is what is best. So, inshallah, today we're going to take this issue of what is bid'ah, is bid'ah good or bad, uh, or maulid, and refer it back to the Quran and the Sunnah, because this is what the Quran says we should do, mm-hmm. and then we will, inshallah, prove. You know, our point from the inshallah ta'ala. So to start off, I'm going to hand over to Sheikh Yasin to cover the, uh, a discussion or just a brief uh, definition on what is what is bid'ah. Taib. Bismillah wa salatu wa salamu ala rasulillah wa ala alihi wa sahbihi wa man wala amma ba'd. So inshallah we'll be looking at the discussion on bid'ah and what it means linguistically and technically. So if one opens 
the dictionary and you look at the word bid'ah, then you will find that it means something that is invented or innovated without having any prior example. And this is based upon the usage in the Quran as well, where Allah Azza wa Jal mentions in Surah Al-Ahqaf, Kul ma kuntu bid'am min al-rusuli. He says, say, I am not the first messenger ever sent. So this means that Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wa sallam is not a new thing or he did not come with a new thing amongst the messengers as he has messengers that came before him. For example, Nabi Isa, Nabi Musa, Nabi Ibrahim. But our focus today is to look at what the technical meaning. What does the word bid'ah mean in the sharia? And basically every word that we use in the sharia, for example, salah, it has a meaning in the dictionary. So if you look at the word salah, it means dua. Mm-hmm. But in the sharia, what is salah? It starts off with a takbiratul ihram and it ends with a taslim. If you look at the word sawm, fast, it means to abstain in the dictionary. But sharia, what does it mean? To stay away from food, drink sexual intercourse from the time of the fajr adhan until maghrib. So the technical definition of the word bid'ah, according to Imam Ash-Shaltibi, he says that bid'ah is a newly invented way, yani beliefs or action in the deen of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. It is an imitation of the sharia, which is the prescribed law, by which nearness to Allah is sought but not being supported by any authentic proof, neither in its foundations, nor in the manner in which it is performed. So this definition proves to us that anything that wasn't practiced by Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wasallam, or his companions, or the first three generations, with regards to Deen with regards to ibadah, then it will be null and void as we will see a bit later. Mm-hmm. And another important point to understand about innovation or to understand about bid'ah is that bid'ah in a religion, innovation in religion is of two types. And here we're not speaking about bid'ah hasana and bid'ah sayyah. We're not speaking about good bid'ah and bad bid'ah. We'll touch on a bit later. But we are speaking about something that has absolutely no basis. Right? This is known as bid'ah haqiqiyah. It has no basis in Islam. Mm -hmm. So maulud will fall under this category. And then the second category we have, which is known as bid'ah idafiyah, to add something, where you find some sort of foundation in Islam, in the sharia, but what we see today, they've added on to this asal or they've taken away from this asal from this foundation. Mm-hmm. And most of the bid'ah falls under this category known as bid'ah al-idafiyah. Mm-hmm. So the next important point that we need to look at is warning against bid'ah. Did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala warn against us in the Quran. Did Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam speak about this in his ahadith? And we need to understand that Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam 
Whenever he spoke, he did not speak out of his own accord. As Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, وَمَا يَنْتِقُ عَنِ الْهَوَىٰ إِنْ هُوَ إِلَّا وَحْيٌ يُحَىٰ That he, Muhammad, peace be upon him, he did not speak out of his own accord, but we inspired him to speak, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, and he spoke. So the Prophet, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he mentions and he says, مَنْ أَحْدَثَ فِي أَمْرِنَا هَذَا مَا لَيْسَ مِنْهُ فَهُوَ رَدٌ that whomsoever introduces into this affair of ours, meaning into this religion of ours, into the deen, that which is, does not belong to it, that which is not part of Islam, of the Sharia, it will be rejected. Now, yeah, I would like to add something. In today's time, you find many people, when you quote this hadith, then they will tell you, why do you drive a car? Go live in a tent, ride a camel, don't use a cell phone, don't use this mics that we're speaking. This doesn't fall under the technical definition of innovation. It doesn't fall under bid'ah. Why? Because this has nothing to do with the sharia. Mm-hmm. But what we are talking about here is with regards to ibadah, to worship. The Prophet, peace be upon him, he says in another hadith, Man amila amalan laysa alayhi amruna fahuwarad. That whomsoever did an action which is not upon our affair, it will be rejected. So many of the ulama under this hadith, they also explain that if someone comes to you and they say, but I didn't introduce it. I'm just following what I saw, for example, my father do, Mm -hmm. my grandfather. Right? This still doesn't mean that he can do it because it will be rejected. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he mentions, and most of our listeners, we know Surah Al-Mulk, we know Surah Tabarak. Mm-hmm. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, لِيَبْلُوَكُمْ أَيُّكُمْ أَحْسَنُ عَمَلَ Now here yeah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, he says, in order to test which of you are the best in deeds. Mm-hmm. So Allah azza wa jal, he does not say, أَكْثَرُ amala. He does not say the most deeds, but he says, Ahsan, the best of deeds. And here we find subhanallah, and we always go back to, and we try to go back to the first three generations of Islam. The Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, خَيْرُ النَّاسِ قَرْنِ وَخَيْرُ أُمَّتِي قَرْنِ ثُمَّ الَّذِينَ يَلُونَهُمْ ثُمَّ الَّذِينَ يَلُونَهُمْ ثُمَّ الَّذِينَ يَلُونَهُمْ That the best generation is my generation, the Sahaba. And then those after them, the tabi'een, and those after them, the atba'u tabi'een, they are the best. Mm-hmm. So if you want to take your deen, where do you go? You go back to the Qur'an, you go back to the Sunnah, and you go back to their understanding of Islam. Mm-hmm. So if you see, Fudail ibn Iyad, he says with regards to Ahsanu Amala, who will be most sincere and most correct in deeds? So they said, oh Abu Ali, what does most sincere and most correct mean? He said, if the deed is sincere, but it is not correct. So listen carefully. If the deed is sincere, but it is not correct, it will not be accepted by Allah Azza wa Jal. And if it is correct, so the deed is correct, but there's no ikhlas, there's no sincerity, then this too will not be accepted by Allah. So we need the deed to be correct 
And we need to have ikhlas. And this is for any type of worship, any ibadah. Whether it's your salah, your sawm, your adhkar, your reciting of Quran, your studying of deen. Mm-hmm. It must have two ingredients. Number one, sincerity for the sake of Allah. Ikhlas. And number two, mutaba'ati li Rasulillah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. It must be in conformity with Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. And a question that comes up. This is my last point before I hand over to Sheikh Imran. A question that always comes up is that can I make salah how I want to make salah? And everyone will say no. Mm. Why? Because the Prophet said, Sallu kama ra'aytumuni usalli. Make salah as if you have seen me make salah. <coughs> if I go for hajj or for umrah, can I make tawaf nine times? The answer is no. Why? Because the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he said, Khudu anni manasikakum. Mm-hmm. He said, take from me your rituals. But when it comes to other forms of ibadah, like adhkar, like dua, which is also ibadah, worship, now we want to add things on. So from here on, I hand over to Sheikh Imran and he can <coughs> expound further. Hey, uh, another hadith that warns us against innovation is the famous hadith of Irbad ibn Sariyah. Radiallahu anhu, where he said that the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, he gave us a sermon which our hearts were filled with fear, which caused our hearts to be filled with fear and our tears overflowed from our eyes. So we said, oh Messenger of Allah, this is like a farewell sermon. So I advise us. And so he said, I advise you to have taqwa of Allah and to listen and to obey your leader, even if a slave were to become your leader. Mm-hmm. And then he said, indeed, he among you who lives long will see great controversy, which is what we are seeing today, lots of ikhtilaf. So you must keep to my sunnah and to the sunnah of the Khulafa or Rashidin. Now this is the answer. What should we do in this ikhtilaf? The Prophet is telling us what to do. Mm-hmm. Number one, hold on to the sunnah. Hold on to the sunnah and hold on to the way of the Sahaba, especially the Khulafa or Rashidin. And then he said, cling to it stubbornly, meaning he literally used the words, Addu alayha bin nawajid, bite onto this path with your molar teeth. Mm-hmm. Because there's going to be challenges, there's going to be opinions. But you need to hold on to this path. This is your path of safety. This mm-hmm. is the path that's going to save you. And then he gave us a warning. الأمور, he said, beware of newly invented matters. Because every newly invented matter is a bid'ah. Understand? So what does this hadith teach us? This is extremely powerful hadith. This is a farewell sermon. When you give somebody your farewell advice, your child, you give him the most important of advice. Secondly, the Prophet's telling us, as you live, you are going to see more and more ikhtilaf. How do you save yourself? Stick to the sunnah and don't go beyond the sunnah. Thirdly, what's going to cause the ikhtilaf? What's going to cause the differences of opinion? What's going to cause the splitting of the ummah? Beware of the newly invented matters. It's bid'ah. It's when people bring new matters into the religion, whether it's belief or action, mm-hmm. that's going to now create differences. This is exactly what this hadith is, is telling us. And also he said, that every bid'ah is misguidance. And the word kullu is used. Every person knows what kullu means. Kullu means everything and all. Right? So the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, as Sheikh Yasin mentioned, he spoke from wahi. Mm-hmm. When he spoke about religion, he spoke what was divinely inspired to him to say. And he used a very emphatic word. He said, every bid'ah is misguidance. Without making an exception. Without making any, ex- any exception to this point. 
right? And all scholars will tell you, scholars of usul al-fiqh will tell you, the word kullu is used to denote generality. That this thing is general in its, in its, um, you know, in its warning. Mm-hmm. Also, if you look at the hadith, the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, whenever he started a khutbah, he would start off the khutbah by saying, وَشَرَّ الْمُورِ مُحْدَثَاتُهَا وَكُلَّ مُحْدَثَةٍ بِدْعَةٍ وَكُلَّ بِدْعَةٍ ضَلَالَةٍ وَكُلَّ ضَلَالَةٍ فِي النَّارِ Every sermon he starts off with the same warning. Every newly invented matter, or the newly invented matter, are the most evil of all affairs. And every bid'ah is misguidance, and every misguidance is in the fire. Mm-hmm. As if to emphasize the message that this is something you need to be, be extremely um, weary of. Now, there is so much evidences that we can quote. Wallahi, this ayat, this ahadith that we have here, but mm-hmm. our time is, is, is already up. Mm-hmm. Um, I think what we need to do is, we basically need to jump. There were, I wanted to mention statements of Sahaba, mm-hmm. how they approached bid'ah. Mm-hmm. I wanted to mention statements of A'imma, Imam Abu Hanifa, Imam Shafi, Imam Ahmad, Imam Malik, and other than them. If there's one thing I want to mention, then Abdullah ibn Umar, the son of Umar ibn Khattab, he said, every bid'ah is misguidance, even if the people see it as something good. If the people say it's good, you should still know what? That it's, it's still misguidance. Mm-hmm. Hudayfa ibn Yaman, radiallahu anhu, he said that every act of worship which the companions did not do, do not do it. Mm-hmm. Right? This was their approach to bid'ah. And I'm just going to really run through this point. There's a hadith where a man stood on the mimbar giving a khutbah. This hadith is Sahih Muslim. And he's making dua. This was a minister who came later on. And there was Sahaba who was still alive. And as he's making dua, he raises his hands. He raised his hands making dua. The Sahaba rebuked him for this and saying, how evil are these hands? Mm-hmm. Because we only saw the Prophet ﷺ pointing with his finger. See how strict they were. This is not the sunnah. You shouldn't do it. Mm-hmm. A man sneezed and said, Alhamdulillah, wassalamu ala rasulillah. Who praised you to Allah and peace be upon the messenger of Allah. Abdullah ibn Umar stood up and said to him, we all, you know, praise Allah and send salawat upon the Prophet. Mm-hmm. But... In this instance, we were not instructed to say that. So mm-hmm. don't say that. Mm-hmm. Say alhamdulillah ala kulli hal. Because after you sneeze, that's not the sunnah, so don't do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and so this was the way of the sahab. They were extremely strict. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a, there's a narration in a darimi where they, there was a group of people in the masjid making dhikr. Right? Abu Musa al-Ashari sahabi sees this and he's disturbed. And he goes to Abdullah ibn Mas'ud more knowledgeable than him and says, have you seen what they're doing in the masjid? Mm-hmm. He says, what are they doing? He says, there's a man sitting in circles and he th- puts 100 pebbles. And he says, say, la ilaha illallah, everybody says, la ilaha. say, subhanallah, everybody says, subhanallah. Say, alhamdulillah, everybody says, alhamdulillah. Mm-hmm. So Abdullah uh, uh, ibn Abbas, he, uh, sorry, ibn Mas'ud goes to this gathering in the masjid and he says to them, what are you doing? They said, well, our intention is something good. Are we just here to remember Allah? And he said, would that you have counted your evil deeds instead? This would have been better for you. And then he says to them, either you are following a religion that is better than the religion of Muhammad sallallahu alayhi wasallam, or you are opening a door to misguidance. Mm. What were they doing? This was something no person would say, if you just looked at it, oh, this is not, this is evil. Mm-hmm. He saw this and he said, this is not the sunnah. This is not what the Prophet did. And then he said to them, how many are there who intend good but do not achieve it? Mm. 
Mm-hmm. And this, these type of narrations, they teach us the severity that the Sahaba had towards any action that the Prophet ﷺ did not do. And it shows us that a good intention is not sufficient. It, a, a, a deed must be connected with an intention mm-hmm. and in accordance with the Sunnah. Mm-hmm. So we've mentioned a few ahadith, we've mentioned you know, the narrations of the Sahaba and how mm-hmm. strict they were you know, regarding um, um, bid'ah. Mm-hmm. What we need to now mention is is the origin of Mawlud. I don't know what the time is towards the break. Mm-hmm. Um, so we, we're going to take our break um, very quickly. In, okay. I want to invite our listeners to be a part of our conversation. Send your questions or your comments through via WhatsApp on 0786101112. In studio with me is Sheikh Imran Mulaji as well as Sheikh Yasin Adam of the Tayyiba Institute. And this is part one on our discussion is celebrating Mawlud a Bid'ah. Stay tuned to Radio 786 on 100.4 FM. Thank you.